All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fat Pratt Chat. Now, today's question is, I keep getting hurt when I start to go heavier on my lifts. How do I prevent this? I think this is a great question. And it brings me back to like college years for myself, 22 years old. I mean, like a, a clear delineation of light and heavy, like working out for periods of time, like in season for football and the workouts were lighter. And then as soon as the season ends, maybe you go like one week where you go light to try to accommodate for training heavier. And then like next thing you know, you're going as heavy as you possibly can because you just can't help yourself. So I think we fight this battle on both ends in regards to how heavy movements can be for members. Sometimes we're trying to pull members back a little bit and play the game of slow progression a little bit better. And maybe they want to push themselves a little bit harder. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, there are plenty of members where they're a little bit nervous to go up and make things more challenging and progress appropriately, in which we are trying to push them along the lines of progressing a little bit faster. Most of the time, I think we jump to the conclusion that form is the issue when it comes to getting hurt. Even though form can break down when you go heavier, thinking that this is exclusively a technical issue, and by technique, I'll try to be as specific as possible. By technique, if we're talking about the parts of the body getting into the most optimal positions for your own individual bone lengths and the best positions that you can get in, if we're going to say that technique is exclusively that, the joints and the body getting into the positions that you want to get them in, I would say that when we go heavier, it's a little bit more challenging to find those optimal positions. But I would probably say that it is more, it happens more frequently that somebody gets hurt because of progressing too fast or having too much volume in their workout than it is a singular technical breakdown. In fact, like we've laughed about this before as a staff, and, and I would say there are maybe some members over the course of the last 10 to 15 years that you'll see in a gym, and all of us have experience in gyms and have seen people with subpar form. But sometimes these people with like really bad form, let's say on a one through 10 scale, we're talking about somebody who has like a two or three form. Some of them are never getting hurt because they are dealing with loads of which they can handle appropriately despite subpar mechanics. And they are adapting to the positions at which they're putting themselves in and they're not getting hurt. The, the best example I could think of right now off the top of my head is I frequently see someone in a gym where they are bouncing the bar off of the ground as hard as they possibly can to the point that their hands are literally coming off the bar once it bounces and they re-catch the bar and then stand up. And it's one of the scariest things that I've seen and I cringe and grimace every time I watch it, but this guy is in there doing it twice a week. And I haven't had the courage to go up to him and ask some follow-up questions yet. And nor would I go up to him and say, hey, let me fix your form. But I'm very intrigued as to how long he's been doing this. And we're talking like a couple hundred pounds. He's got you know, two, somewhere between 200 and 225 on the bar every time he's doing it. But the, the load doesn't seem to change that much for him, which is maybe why two things are happening. One, maybe he's not seeing the progress that he wants in terms of load increases. But two, it might be why he's not getting hurt because he's adapted to doing that exercise that specific way. And he has he's not getting hurt because of it. So... I'd say some of the issues that I've talked to a lot of people about, especially for those that deviate towards wanting to lift heavier, let's take a kettlebell deadlift, for example, and we'll use some like lighter weights. Let's say in week one that you're doing this kettlebell deadlift exercise, 
you did 30 pounds and you did four sets of 10. And afterwards you said that was pretty easy. Now, the next time you go and do that exercise, you say 30 pounds was light, pretty light. So I'm going to go 70 pounds. That should be appropriately challenging for four sets of 10, where I could still accomplish the sets and reps, but it will be much harder. Now, let's say 70 pounds is doable and you're able to get four sets of 10, but it was way more challenging than 30 pounds the week prior. And let's say in the last set, you feel a little twinge in your low back. And then you wonder, oh, it wasn't that hard. I don't know how this happened. But it is so common that we hurt ourselves, we hurt our low back, like picking up the groceries, grabbing the laundry, moving the couch, doing some things that are relatively low load, but there are positions and loads at which we haven't really tolerated to that degree yet. So if we go from 30 pounds on week one to 70 pounds on week two, we have just increased the load significantly and our low back tissue may not be able to handle that jump, even though it is doable. And I think there is a very big difference between something being doable and something being higher risk of injury. Something can be high risk of injury despite it being doable. But that being said, if we slowly progress and allow our tissues to adapt to what is doable, we could potentially surpass what is doable. So what would probably be more optimal in this example is that on week one, you did your four sets of 10 with 30 pounds and you said, that was pretty easy, but I'm not going to take this huge jump. Next week, I'll do 40 pounds. And then the week after, I'll do 50 and then I'll do 60, and then I'll do 70. So now five weeks down the road, you're able to do four sets of 10, which now you, you've had four or five weeks to progress up to that weight. So the adaptability is there in regards to your tissue tolerance. So it is more likely that your tissues can handle 70 pounds for four sets of 10. And then number two, you slowly progress the load. So you're adapting from a nervous system standpoint into handling more weight on a weekly basis, that the 70 pounds that you're handling on week five may feel significantly easier in relationship re relative to the prior example of going from 30 pounds to 70 pounds the next week. So even, even though it's doable, even though it's doable, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it. So in regards to, in regards to heavier and light, like it, the initial reaction to this question is, does this mean that when I start going heavy, when I start going heavier, like where's that line in the sand? Where was it light and where was it heavy? And did we go from Oh, light, I feel good, so let's go heavy. Whereas I think in an optimal scenario, it's like light, medium, medium, little more medium, little heavy, medium, heavy, pretty heavy. And if we move through that spectrum of light to heavy over the course of a longer period of time, there's a significantly less likelihood that something bad will happen. So I think the short answer to this is that we need to progress slower. Let's progress these lifts as slowly as possible. There's some really good programming thought processes from some very high level people. They're like, they'll talk about never changing your workout and you just keep doing that same workout and you increase the weight somewhere between two and a half to five pounds every single week for as long as possible until you can't achieve the appropriate reps for every single set that you do. So let's take the four by 10 example. Every single week you go up five pounds, four sets of 10, and then at some point, maybe it's 20 weeks, maybe it's 30, maybe it's 40 weeks. At some point, you will not be able to get all 10 reps for every set. And then when that happens, then we pull back, we drop back the load, we reset to some weight in between from where we started on that program to where we finished. And then we start to recycle the four by 10 with a lesser load and have a little bit of a, like a deload type scenario, and then gradually progress to hopefully surpassing where we had to stop last time. And it's, it sounds like the most boring thing in the world, 
but it is, it's common sense 101. It's the schooling system. You go from kindergarten to first grade to second grade, so on and so forth, but you don't get to go from third grade to high school, which we'll uh, probably touch on a little bit more as we discuss uh, this situation in this podcast. So progressing slower is probably what it, what matters the most. Uh, starting to go heavy, let's make sure that we have some respect for medium and let's not necessarily just go right from light to heavy. Uh, some things that I hear a lot in regards to, let's talk about just exercise selection for a second. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations with some of my friends and some other people that exercise consistently and they're like, yeah, I was doing some goblet squats. I felt great. So I decided to go to barbell squats. And then when they go to barbell back squats, they don't necessarily understand that when, as soon as they go to barbell back squats, that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to go heavy. And goblet squats doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go light. You can go really heavy on goblet squats for a period of time for that exercise. So relative to the goblet squat exercise, you can go pretty heavy. And then when you transition to barbell back squats, you could start off pretty light and not even necessarily just saying focus on form, just have a, a, a great control uh, and gradually progress the load starting from a, a point that is maybe lighter than you've ever perceived. But the thought of as soon as a barbell goes in your back that you have to go heavy is probably not what we want to do if we're trying to increase the likelihood that we could lift safely and as hard and heavy as possible for as long a period of time. So the, the thought of going to, bar, as soon as you go to barbell squats, I have to, oh, if I'm going to do barbell back squats, I'm going to do 135 for my warm up, and then I'm going to jump to 225 and then I'll take it from there. Like maybe we just stick with 135 for a period of time and do four sets of 10. So even the, like the exercise selection isn't incredibly relevant. You can make gradual progressions with the barbell back squat the same way you can in the goblet squat. So you don't necessarily have to say, oh, goblet squats are a light exercise and barbell back squat is a heavy exercise. You could gradually increase both of those exercises respectively. Now, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth in starting light to then going heavier. But again, I think that middle ground is where we skip sometimes a few weeks of light and then we jump right to heavy. And then that's when we are probably in, in the highest likelihood of injury scenario, that jump that we make. And we probably put light and heavy into two separate buckets, which I think is probably somewhat of a mistake. I think when we do go light, if we're doing some lighter exercises, then we decide not to push ourselves. But if we're going to speak specifically to the weight selection, if we were to go light, we could still push ourselves really hard by going a little bit slower, going full range of motion, having some pauses and doing more reps than we're generally used to, maybe even shorten the rest periods between sets. But we can make light exercises very challenging and still very advantageous in regards to increasing hypertrophy, building muscle, and even getting stronger, especially if you don't have a very high training age and lifting and strength training is somewhat new to you. So, what's something that we could probably do? To make this work really well for us, start with the end in mind, a common quote when it comes to programming. But if, you're, if you have a goal that you wanted to goblet squat, let's say 60 pounds for 10 reps in the next six weeks. So you say, I'm going to start this six-week program, and I'm only using six weeks because that's how we program at Pratt Personal Training. But if we're going to go six weeks, I want to finish with 60 pounds for sets of 10. So let's think of week six first, and let's program that. Let's say four sets of 10, 60 pounds, week number six. And then let's work backwards. And now I think it's important to note here that if we're talking about an exercise that's a little bit lighter in weights versus a heavier one, then doing a standard 10 pound increase or decrease each week probably isn't optimal. So you'll hear some like high level lifters say, oh, just increase 10 pounds a week. 
But some of these guys are talking about starting at 300 or 400 pounds. So a 10-pound jump from 300 pounds is three, three and change percent. A 10-pound jump from 400 pounds is 2.5%. So I think, pretty sure. Ultimately, since those are such small percentage increases at the higher weights, those that standard 10% 10-pound 10 jump might not apply to you. So since the weight's a little bit on the lighter side relative to using heavy barbell weights, let's say we wanted to do four sets of 10 at 60 pounds on week six. So on week five, we're going to subtract five pounds. We're going to do four sets of 10 with 55 pounds. And then let's reverse another week. We'll go week four, 50 pounds. Week three, 45 pounds. Week two, 40 pounds. And week one, 35 pounds. So basically, if we were to now look at it in the other direction, we start off the program four sets of 10 with 35 pounds, and we just increase five pounds every week. Now, it's important that if we are going to do this with all integrity involved here, that we want to say very true to our form. We want to lift at the same speed. We don't want to do a three-second lowering on week one because it feels light. And then by the time we get to week four, it's a 0.5-second lower because that'll alter the, the actual results of this if we start to manipulate other variables to make accomplishing a rep easier. Uh, let's make sure we're going to the same depth throughout the course of the entire program. Keep the movers and the non-movers standing still. So by that, if we're doing a goblet squat, for example, the legs are going to move. From the waist down, we are moving. And there's going to be a little bit of movement in space in the upper body and the arms and the head uh, as we angle our upper body a little bit. But we're going to keep it still. We, we want to stay pretty still from the waist up. We want to brace and stabilize. The lower body is going to be what is dynamic and lowering and coming back up. So let's just make sure that stays true and that later in the program when the weight starts getting heavier, we don't start yanking up at our upper body or maneuvering the dumbbell excessively to try to gain momentum coming out of the bottom. The dumbbell stays still, the arm stays still, and the head stays still. And learn to struggle. That's a big skill here that as we're doing heavier goblet squats, it's going to get more challenging. And every week, it's going to get a little bit more uncomfortable. And it's going to be a little bit of a psychological test each week of saying, I'm not really sure about these next three reps, but I'm going to try my hardest. And sometimes I could get very uncomfortable because you could start to panic and start to think, oh, I might be at a high likelihood of injury because I am psychologically uncomfortable. Physically, you may be able to accomplish the reps and you may be able to do them very safely, but it might be challenging psychologically at first, but that can be trained with exposure to very challenging sets. You learn to get more comfortable under these high stress sets that accomplish a ton in regards to strength and building muscle. So I think that's, uh, that's probably the most important thing here in regards to this question. We, of course, don't want to get hurt. So progressing slowly is the most important thing here. And you could change exercise with anything. Like we talked about squats and deadlifts because I think that's stereotypically two of the most feared exercises when it comes to actual strength training. But this applies for running and the ground contacts. Let's say you, don't, you decided to start a running program today. And you said, you know what, I'm going to go run seven miles. There's a high likelihood that something bad could happen in regards to how you feel the next day, joint health, stuff like that. The Couch to 5K, I think that's what it's called. It's an app. I think that that principle did a great job. And I've only heard this from a couple of members. I haven't really looked into it. But in regards to running, like getting off the couch, going from a couch to a 5K, they essentially progressively overload you to the, to the ability to finish a 5K not only psychologically benef uh, beneficial, but physically as well, obviously, in that you're not going too, you're not taking too big of a jump from doing nothing to doing everything. 
And I think that's the same message here as it relates to strength training. But you can insert any exercise. Jumping. If you haven't done much jumping and then you go into a, a large group class and you're doing 50 to 100 burpees or lunge jumps or squat jumps, the impact landing, landing those amount of times, those amount of ground contacts is going to be challenging for you. That doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean that at some point you can't do that amount of volume. But I would probably say that if it's my first class and everyone's doing burpees for a minute straight, I might pace myself and only do five to 10 burpees over the course of a full minute or something along those lines. That being said, there's probably better exercises that you can do if the goal is to just get your heart rate up. But even something as simple as bicep curls. You know, doing bicep curls and then deciding to go really heavy on weeks two or three because you feel like it's a waste of time to not fully challenge the muscles every single time you work out, uh, things can go wrong. All of a sudden, your elbow starts to hurt. Maybe your wrist starts to hurt. Uh, maybe you're leaning backwards to accomplish reps and you're, you feel a little bit of low back pain. All things that have happened uh, to many people. So uh, making sure we're keeping all these things in consideration. Progress slowly in regards to your weight selection, especially if you are someone that likes to go heavy. Get to heavy slowly. Keep the technique the same. Keep the range of motion the same. Don't manipulate any other variables at the sacrifice. Don't sacrifice any of the other variables just to go heavier on the weight. Hope that all makes sense, and I hope that was helpful. If you guys have any questions on this, let me know. If you like this, please feel free to share to someone who needs to hear it. All right, thanks. Peace.